Hello. Hi, welcome back to Sisters Not Twins. I'm Emily. And I'm Julie. I feel like we sounded the same there. Okay. <clears throat> I'm Emily. And I'm Julie. <laughs> okay. Maybe that's different. I don't know. I don't know if people can tell. I don't think we have similar voices, though. I don't think so, either. So, hopefully you can tell us apart. Um, all right. Today, we're going to talk about one of our favorite things again. The Enneagram! <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Guys, if that becomes a trend, I promise we're not trying. Oh, goodness. Okay. So, um, yeah. Our first episode ever was about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. So, if you haven't listened to that, we go through the basics of the Enneagram. Um, if you don't know what it is, and I know that a lot of people actually that listen to that hadn't heard of it before so that was cool so if you're hopping on and you haven't heard of it it's a personality system basically that i still don't have a good i know and several teachers that i've seen are like experts they don't know exactly how to explain it either because the easiest way for people to understand it is that it's a personality quiz Yeah. yeah and so but like the enneagram is just much more than that it's like a system that is purposefully made to help you grow as a person in yourself and in your relationships and so it's not just telling you hi you're this and you're in this box and you can only have these characteristics um it is giving you the basis of your your core personality. Your core personality, and it just kind of explains how that plays out in your life, and it's done in a way that helps you grow. I actually have a little. We're going to use a lot of resources here, and I don't know whether or not I need to like cite my sources. Like, yeah, yeah, let's, um, let's cite our sources. But I found this post that I have saved. I have a whole enneagram. Um, I have a whole enneagram. What is it called? The little section of saved things. Like bookmarks. Sure. Of. In Instagram. Anyway, so I have a <laughs> bunch of posts saved and I found some and I'm going to try and credit them as I go. But this one is by Lettered by Han and it says the Enneagram is a tool for growth, a way to connect with others. Fun. <laughs> True. Um, the Enneagram isn't an excuse for bad behavior meant to put you in a box or the ultimate source of truth. Love that. Absolutely. um, So accurate. Um, We love it for a lot of reasons, but no, we do not think that this is the end all be all the source of our wisdom in life or the way that everybody has to live or anything like that. But it's just really helpful and so fun for us to talk about. Yeah. If you use it in the right way, there's absolutely no harm that can come from it. So you just have to... um, Never mind. I don't really know how to... Okay. Well, I'm going to cut you off really fast okay go and talk about me in third grade (laughs) (laughs) um I I talked about this in our first episode um I started kind of debating whether or not I am an Enneagram 3 or an Enneagram 9 and that's such like a strange thought to me still because I have thought since my freshman year of college that I was a three and so for three, two, three years now, I've been like diving into Enneagram threes and blah, 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 blah. Learning all about that right. and how to grow as like from that perspective. Yes. Yeah, so like using that as my like framework. And then all of a sudden I was like, have I even considered whether or not I could be a nine? Because that honestly sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. So anyways, I've been diving into this for the past like month or two now, I guess, and trying to study in third grade. I'll get back to this. <laughs> 
I remember a specific conversation with my dad where I was like, dad, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. I want to be an, a nurse anesthetist. That was a specific one of mine at some point. I remember that. Yeah. Um, I want to be all these things. I just could not decide what kind of like track I wanted to go on for my life because they asked us all the time, you know, mm-hmm. what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I had no idea. And I remember feeling like kind of overwhelmed by that. And so I told him, I was like, so I'm just going to be really good at everything. Like, I'm just going to try and be as well-rounded as possible, not specialize in anything. And then whenever I'm like in high school, then I can decide what I want to do. And I'll just I have a good I forgot about that, but I completely remember that yes. conversation. And so I, I honestly did a pretty good job. Yeah. Okay. I have always had good grades in school and stuff. That was never something that I really struggled with. But you know how some kids just like really dive into science or English or whatever. And sometimes that's just your natural tendency. But other times that's just like something that you really want to pursue. Like, well, I know that I want to be a scientist. So I'm going to obviously study science Mm -hmm. more. Since I had no idea, I was like, okay, I'll just be average at everything. Mediocre. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) And I succeeded. So I have no specialties in life, basically. I have no true interests and so in high school I was like well this is not good that didn't work out it did not work well because now (laughs) I have no clue what I'm good at what I thrive in what I really enjoy so I kind of was just like still square one like okay Mm -hmm. well what, what am I gonna do in college guess I'll figure it out but anyway so that's just kind of like a little side story to my I, I don't know my Enneagram pursuit. Like, it just reminds me all the time. Like, um, it, I feel like if I were a three, I would have had this, like, planned out whenever I was a kid. And we'll talk about this later on. I, I want to give, like, a good overview of all the Enneagram types before I, like, kind of discuss some of the things that I've been learning about yeah. myself. Mm-hmm. But I just think that that's a funny story to, like, kind of kick off my, try like, my self-discovery process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But- I think that's really funny. And that was kind of a conversation that you had all the time yeah like that was actually yeah it's just your pretty, I, like your idea yeah mediocre how to everything life. activities yeah. hobbies everything I, I'm not good at anything I'm just okay at everything what's the, um master no jack of all trades master of none something yes like that. that's yeah you. that's accurate yeah um so anyways anyway we're gonna go through a little bit about each type again and again if you haven't listened to our first episode we um gave like the basic core fears and motivations of each type which is how you find your type it's not about the behaviors it's about the core of your existence kind of (laughs) (laughs) no um and i will say we forgot to say this in the first one we don't love tests um we didn't say that no we didn't say that and so many people messaged me and said that they went and took the test after and i was like that's great, but I wish we would have said it. So I'll say this. Um, if you aren't going to actually look into the Enneagram and like study it a bunch, go take an online test. That's fine. You can see what relates the most to you and you can say that when people ask you because you don't care. Yeah. If you actually want to get to know the Enneagram and learn from it, I would say, sure, like take a test and kind of get, see what it tells you and maybe your high score you actually relate to you. But from there, go and do some research. So read about each type, especially read, um, like type in Enneagram type core fears and motivations. 
Um, and that's going to give you a clearer picture to start on your little journey. So that's how I would recommend doing it. And then um, from there, an easy way to learn is listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, I love that almost even more than books because it's a full-on discussion and you can have you can listen to the podcast by the experts that wrote the books. Yeah. Um, Suzanne Stabile, she has a great one. Um, what's it? The, en- the Journey of the Enneagram, Journey? something like that, or the Road Back to You, um, which is a book that you can purchase. Have it here in front of me. Right. I'll be citing it later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so you can purchase the book. But she also has a podcast that goes with the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that podcasts are a great form of learning and you're getting the um generic version on our podcast yes if you'd like to actually learn more because we aren't experts so i'm going to since we went through the basic cores and motivations um of each type on the last episode or the first one um i'm gonna read wake up calls for each type and how each type manipulates others (laughs) so i think this will just be kind of interesting um so We'll just go through and read those. And if we have something to say, we'll say it. Sure. Okay. So the wake up call for a type one who is the good person. Great. um, Is feeling a sense of personal obligation to fix everything themselves. Mm. Yeah. So that's good. Ones don't understand why the world doesn't work the way they see the world. Yeah. And the way they just it should feel work. the compelling need to fix it. Like, yeah. can't help themselves. Um, and how they manipulate others <laughs> is by correcting them and by insisting that others share their standards. Wow. So I was just yeah. listening to a podcast where they were saying, like, um, ones, like, or no, 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 sorry, it wasn't generic, or it wasn't specific to ones. It was generic for all Enneagram types. Like, if the Enneagram is true, if you believe in the way that it works, That means that there are nine, I just held up my fingers incorrectly. There are nine (laughs) different ways that people see the world. Yes. And it's like limited to those nine ways, like not to put everybody in a box, but that's how we see the world. And so if somebody is acting in a, in a way that's totally opposite of you or whatever, all you have to do is realize, okay, they're not my type. They're seeing the world in a different way. And then you move on. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very helpful to to realize that not everybody has the same perspective as you, sees the world the same way as you, perceives. It humbles you. Yeah. It's it's just crazy. Yeah. It, it and hum- ones can be bad at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So twos, the wake up call is believing that they must go out to others to win them over. Um, and they are. Go out yeah. to others? What is that I don't mean? know what that means. I think it means they need to. Go out of their way to, to basically help go out of their almost? way to help others. Okay. Yeah, sure. I don't know why it worded it like that. Maybe we're just dumb and don't understand it. <laughs> um. Anyway, twos are the helper. They're the ones that um what feel the need to take care of everybody else to mm-hmm. be loved. Um. So how they manipulate others is by finding out others' needs and desires, thus creating dependencies. So, the kind of unhealthy trait of the two is they need others to depend on them yes and so they're creating this like like dynamic of 
I need people to need me because that's how I feel loved. Wow. So they want people to use them as a crutch almost so that they have to keep them in their lives. Yeah. That is so interesting. And the side of how each type manipulates others, obviously, if you're healthy, like, it's not going to be that way as much. Yeah, this is a very unhealthy perspective or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's trying to show you is the dangers of Mm -hmm. it. I will say, too, as we're going through this, um, all of the experts say this, (laughs) looking at the unhealthy traits of each type is the easiest way to type yourself. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because it's easy to think that you're like, the good version of all these types because everybody wants to be loved everybody wants to be helpful kind generous accepting all the words that you can use to describe but when you look into the deep depths of when you aren't your best self and how you act out um that can really like become clear of so they always (laughs) they always say whichever type stings the most when you read it that's probably your type yeah so anyway more on that later yeah So the wake-up call for the three is beginning to drive themselves for status and attention. Mm -hmm. And they manipulate others by charming them and by adopting whatever image will work. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's where, like, the... um, Putting on a mask. Right. The whole mask uh, narrative of a three comes out is, like, they're just going to be whatever they need to be to succeed. And... To make everything efficient right yeah um wake up call for four is holding on to and intensifying feelings through the imagination so kind of holding on to that like inner world almost mm-hmm. um and again like fours feel a loss of connection in their world and so they hold on to and intensify feelings to feel that hole yeah um and they manipulate others by being temperamental and making others walk on eggshells. That's oh, interesting. That is. So it's almost fours can be seen as like selfish in a way because they like they put their feelings on everybody else and expect them to like yeah. hold them. It's I again this is unhealthy. Like, I'm not saying every four is like this, but right. I almost thought it's like being really fragile. Like fours are so in touch with their emotions yeah. that people are like scared to bring things up that they know are gonna like trigger yeah. force or so you know that's yeah. kind of where I'm um, I don't know if that's completely they, accurate no but. I think that's right too but yeah but they definitely at an unhealthy level want people to anyway um what was I gonna say oh fives let's go to fives um so their wake-up call is withdrawing from reality into concepts whoa Withdrawing from reality into concepts and mental worlds. So they're like creating life in their mind instead of like living it. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, I think so. That one was kind of. Yeah, that's really deep. Let's read. So how each type manip or how fives manipulate is by staying preoccupied and by detaching emotionally from others. Okay. That's kind of hard. I don't know why that's hard for me to understand reading it this way. I understand fives, but. Um, it's like fives, it's easy for fives to neglect what's actually going on and just dive into their, like, yes, their interests yeah. or their studies or whatever it may be. Yeah. Right? Kind of. Um, sixes become dependent on something outside of the self for guidance. 
And they manipulate by complaining and by testing others' commitment to them. Mm. So almost, I think we said this in the last, like, sixes um, have trust issues. I mean, everybody knows that. And so um, they can really, like this says, test others' commitment. And they can, like, what am I trying to say? Well, they want to know that their friends are as loyal as they are to them. Yeah. And so that can kind of throw people off yeah yeah um and it's a manipulation tactic yeah um okay sevens feel that something better is available somewhere else Mm. oh i like how they said that yeah yeah just always looking for the thing that's better yeah Mm -hmm. and then they manipulate others by distracting them and by insisting that others meet their demands (laughs) no you have to go out with me we are not staying inside (laughs) (laughs) um Eight's wake-up call is feeling that they must push and struggle to make things happen. Um, and they manipulate others. This is going to be good. I haven't read it, but I'm sure it'll be good. Um, by dominating them and by demanding that others do as they say. What a classic <laughs> thing Bulldozer. for Bulldozer. Yeah. Um, and then nines, outwardly accommodating themselves to others is their wake-up call. <laughs> um, and then they manipulate by checking out and by passive aggressively resisting others. Ooh, interesting. Does it sting? It stings a little bit. Does it sting more than the three? Yeah, it did. <laughs> oh gosh. Emily's guys. face when we read that one. So throughout this thing, we're still gonna be debating whether Emily's a three or a nine. Yeah. So. I'm gonna try not to like interject mm-hmm. until we're done kind of hitting all the grounds. Yeah. But. So something that I, I feel like every expert and Enneagram coach and all of that has a certain um, – because there's so many aspects and intricacies of the Enneagram. And I feel like everybody says that they like to focus on this one thing. So some people focus strictly on the core values and motivations. Some coaches focus on the instinctual variance, which is the social, sexual, and self-pres uh, preservation. <laughs> um, self-pres. So, yeah, but if somebody doesn't know yeah, what the instinctual – Self-preservation. Those are three um, – uh, we'll get into that later. Yeah. Anyway, there's all of these different aspects. Or the wings. The wings. Or, yeah. yeah. One of my favorites, though, that helps me really understand the Enneagram is your growth and stress points. Mm-hmm. So each type, each core type goes to one number in stress and one number in growth. And no, I, I just... <laughs> Sorry if this is mean or if this has been you in the past, but I think it's so funny when people are like, oh, I'm a one ring wing four. Oh. Or like they just like make up their own connections or whatever based on their test results or something. And yeah, they like the just try to draw really the lines. makes that hard to understand. Yes. Um, and they can do the same thing with this. But like, oh, well, I really look like a three sometimes. So I think that's where I go in growth. Not what we mean. No. There are specific ones that are already designated for each type. It's already laid out for you. And um, it makes sense. Yes. And it's just like the perfect way that it yeah. is created. And so we're going to go through each of those um, stress and growth types. And maybe that'll help you kind yeah. of understand. It, it helped me understand my core type because I... If So when you read about this, pick out the three that sound the most like you. And if those are connected, look at the chart. If those are connected, that's a good way of finding your core type. Yeah, for sure. So that's kind of another way that you can look at it. So here we go. I'm just going to go into some of them. So ones. Ones. 
they go to, I'm sorry, this line is actually kind of confusing. Um, I'm using the somewhere creating dot, dot, dot. I think that's her name. Um, on Instagram, I'm using like a cheat sheet that she made. That's really helpful. So, so don't say it wrong. <laughs> yes. A one goes to four in stress and in health, they go to a seven, which is so interesting. That's to me. so funny to me because, and this always sounds crazy because mm-hmm. they are so structured, not like the type yeah. that they, that it seems. So a one would break down and have more emotions, feelings, whatever that the four has when they're in stress. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And then, and I'm, don't know enough about this to name it for each type. I right. know mine the best, but just a basis. And then if they go to seven in health, they would be less judgmental, less critical mm-hmm. of themselves. And maybe others. more spontaneous. More spontaneous. Like yeah. Whereas ones are normally extremely structured and see the world the way they see it right. and not any other way. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and that's just an example. We'll go through the other ones quickly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, at twos in stress go to eight. And in health, they go to four. That's okay. interesting. I know. Okay, sorry. These surprise me every time. I've gone over them I've literally it so all many the time, times. Yeah. But it's so crazy to think about. Um, threes, they go to nine in stress and six in health. Um, uh, I'll hit on that later. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, <laughs> constantly thinking later, about the, yes. <laughs> the timing of everything. Okay, fours in stress go to two. And fours in health are going to go to one. Um, fives go to eight in health and seven in stress. Fours and fives are interesting to me because they're, they, they go to the, the numbers that are right next to each other. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's technically worded, but you'll yeah. need to pull out an Enneagram chart so you can see all of these because it Follow makes a little along. bit more sense. Yeah, it, it makes it way easier. Yeah. Um, sixes go to three in stress and nine in health sevens go to one in stress and five in health which is so funny so funny (gasps) seven's going to i'm sorry did i read that wrong is that true it's seven goes to five seven goes to five that's hilarious because we were talking about cracky our grandpa (laughs) um we thought that he was seven but when it said he goes to five we were like i was like absolutely not there's no way thanks to jenna for figuring out what he actually was okay go ahead Anyways, um, eight is going to go to five in stress and goes to two in health. And nine goes to three in health and six in stress. Um, can I talk a little bit about mine? No, because no? <laughs> I'm sorry, you can't wow. just a second. Um, <laughs> but I just wanted to say um, the nine, three, six, those, yeah. those are the only ones that all three connect with each other. In so, like, way. you can only. Uh, they're only associated like with those three numbers so three which is, makes it really hard to determine your type yes and if so you're one of those three me types. being confused about being a three and a nine makes a lot of sense and we'll get into that again but that's the that's the triangle there through the center and they're so connected that it's they look very similar in different yeah. circumstances yeah so it's, it's now an eight tell. yes okay so i'm going to talk about this because um, it made it very clear that yeah. I was correct on my type. I remember that actually. Yeah. When we figured, when we like dove into this aspect of the Enneagram, um, I was like, okay, Whoa. wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so an eight is the challenger and, um, that is what I am. <laughs> and, um, they go to 
two, which is the helper in health, and they go to five, which is the wise in stress. So how would, can you give a quick explanation of how I'm an eight? Can you do that for me? <laughs> uh, like, I don't. Julie wants control at all times. And you can say that about, like, a lot of people. Yeah. But, like, me, I do not care if somebody rocks the boat. I don't care if my plans change. Like, it just, like, things are just pretty easy breezy for me. I say what's on my mind. Yes. Julie is going to be much more determined, much more, like, Direct. Yes. And unashamed. Um, That's another one. It's like she's going to say and do whatever she wants, whatever she believes is the correct thing to do. I was raised, though, also to be very polite. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't always show that. Like, yeah, it's not necessarily a rude thing at all. Yeah. Um, it's It's just her, her, like, core tells her, no, this is what you're doing. Yeah. Like, so it, it comes out most of the time, but I'm very aware too of my social situations whereas some eights are not right and so yeah literally just say anything i still try to reserve julie is good at adjusting to be to be polite and courteous and kind but also sometimes i'm not so i'm not perfect yes um anyway so that's kind of the basics of my personality um what's so interesting is i growing up always thought this and it sounds dumb but I always thought I was like either I have no heart at all or I have the biggest heart of anybody that I know yeah it's one or the other it is one or the other with me and um that always like kind of scared me too I was like how can I have no feelings but then all of a sudden I love this certain like I love Emily so much and like I can't fathom how much, like, I love you or I love my family. That's that type of thing. Or even genres of things. Yeah. It can like, be a certain book series if when you were younger. Like, just or you grow playing very... card games. I'm very all or nothing. Yes, all or nothing. Yeah. Sure. And so um, that was always kind of, like, hard for me to understand. And sometimes I was, like, it, it seemed so unhealthy mm-hmm. even. And it still does to me. It seems so unhealthy to have this all or nothing mentality because it's drastic it's drastic and so anyway so for me um when my heart is big and when I'm very healthy (laughs) in my lifestyle I go to a two and I am extremely loving to people I love so big I want to help everybody um she's generous I go into hostess mode yes um she looks like a two. I look like you a can. two. It's not something that I would think of you because I also know all of the ins and outs of your personality. But you can definitely have the behaviors of a two. Yes. Um, and that would come up. That came up. I always took random tests just to see. Even after I know everything about all types, it comes out different every time. Like, I don't know. Your tests. Yeah. But I got, I would get two sometimes. And I'm like, I'm not a two. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> but when I'm very healthy in my lifestyle, I look like a two. Um, I deal with mental illness. And so I have that anxiety, depression, all these, it's a whole thing. Um, we can do an episode about it. We'll do an episode about it. Um, (laughs) when, when I am unhealthy, which at certain points in my life has been very unhealthy and very consistently unhealthy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so like in phases, I go hardcore into my five stress point. Mm Mm-hmm. And this looks like (laughs) me turning into a recluse and 
learning absolutely everything I can about the most random, useless things, topics. So I know absolutely everything there is to know about Billie Eilish. Yep. Helen Keller. Helen Keller. I know everything about (laughs) Helen Keller. Um, That was a long time ago. But like, I I watched all of the interviews of this one person and it's all I can do for mm -hmm. a month. Like, or what? I don't know. So it's just very, very clear. Yes. My health and my stress points. Yep. Um. It's so clear <laughs> that it blows my mind. And I think part of why it's so obvious for me is because of my health issues. Yes. Um, Since you actually do go back, back and, and forth, forth to yeah. stress and growth so yeah. frequently. It's like you can tell the defining lines. Yeah. Whereas um, I'm like, uh, I don't really, steady all the time. Yeah, I don't know when I'm being unhealthy. Like when was an unhealthy point in my life or when was a yeah. really strong a really healthy part in my life. So I do think um, that if you deal deal with mental health issues, um, that's honestly a good way of looking at it is because if you go, like I have manic depression, so I go through big phases of these health issues. And so um, if you have a lot of like ups and downs in your life, a good way of finding your type is trying to figure out where, where you were um, when you were in this depression and what you looked like when you came out of that and were healthy. Yeah. Um, so that's one way to look at it, um, that I have found very helpful. So, yeah. Did we have another thing that we were going to read out of this book? Um, oh, okay. We'll do the warning signs for the three types that we're dealing with personally. Um, so are we done with the overall? Should we dive in? I think let's dive into some specific types. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about ours today because we're selfish. <laughs> no, um, we're going to kind of deep dive in this, into those today. Um, and yeah. If this is all that you wanted to know, you just wanted to peel back another layer of the Enneagram and learn a bit a little bit more, then this is a good stopping point. Yeah. But if you're interested in my... Okay. We just cut out. But... <laughs> Anyways, if you want to keep on listening to hear my personal um, journey, uh, pursuit yeah, of Enneagram truth, then you can listen. Yeah. We'll talk more about, uh, it'll be threes, nines, and eights. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll be our personal stories more so. Let's start with um, eight. Okay. And we'll kind of go through that first, and then that way we can focus on Sounds trying good. to figure out what you are. So, um, I found this, and... It's really oh, interesting. Ah, oh, I'm sorry Something. if you can hear our. Um, is that the dryer? No, that was the fridge. Okay, that we'll move past it. Sorry if you can hear some sound in the background. Um, so I found this, and it's the warning signs for an unhealthy, um, type. <laughs> so I'm gonna read the warning signs for an eight that is getting really unhealthy, and we're just gonna see if we can find any small relation, um, of that in because julie's never been unhealthy i've never been unhealthy in my life no no struggles no um (laughs) no mistakes no no so um yeah so we've actually seen it'll be harder probably won't get much into this with emily because we haven't seen the depths of her badness we'll get there later we'll get there later but um we've seen more sides to me so (laughs) so we'll just kind of go through this so um, paranoid feelings of being betrayed by their people. And this has always been hard for me to understand. Um, 
because I don't actively like feel that I'm gonna be betrayed by people. I'm not constantly thinking, oh my goodness, they're gonna right. they're gonna turn against me and I'm gonna lose them and how whatever. do I keep them? How do I prevent this from happening? Yeah. So um Emily has brought up some good points with this, so I'll have you kind of okay. explain explain how you see that in me. Yeah, so I remember talking about this like really early on when we thought that you were an eight. Is that okay for me to jump to that? Um Yeah, I'll I'll tell I'll yeah, I'll tell that. So okay. I asked Emily, I was like, um, I was like, everybody talks about it's constantly having this fear of being betrayed. Um, but they they say that they don't express their feelings or um anything like that to other people. Like they won't be vulnerable. That's yeah. the word. Vulnerability they is what won't they struggle show, with. They won't be vulnerable with people because they're scared that they'll be betrayed and that people will use information against them mm-hmm. or whatever. And I was like, I talk all the time. Like I You're an open book. I'm an open book. I talk to people about my feelings. I tell people my life story, talk about my struggles, all of that. And so I was like and I do that when I first meet people. Like, mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel that I hold much back. Um, and so I was like, I don't understand this. Like, why do people talk about it's not being vulnerable? And Emily was, she blew my mind when she said this, okay? She goes, Julie, <laughs> you lay out exactly what you want people to know about you. And it's a lot, but you lay it out in a way that still protects you because you it's like a defense you you lay it out there that way they take it or they leave it right and so you're putting just enough out so that people think that they know you and will decide what they think right then and there and that way I don't have to waste my time right if they're just gonna leave anyway yeah and so the way that I see your betrayal as opposed to like other eight friends or whatever that I have the way that you react to it is just that you drop people. Like, if there's yeah. any sign that someone could not love you back or that something is going to fail or that a friend isn't a true friend, you just drop them so that, no you, so that yeah. you keep control and you aren't going to get hurt by them. Instead, you're hurting them. Um, and I, I don't think it's ever been intentional for her, which is why we're struggling to, like, relate to betrayal as being the root of it all but mm-hmm. I think that that is how it's relating to yeah your life. so um basically if you've made it to this point of the podcast the rest of it is going to be ourselves calling ourselves out yeah um this is probably going to get a little um uh well it's, it'll be more deep and personal I guess sure um <laughs> anyway so it's just going to happen but next um another warning sign is increasing social isolation and bitterness which I definitely do. Yeah. And that kind of goes into, again, like playing into my five where I just back off from the world. Yeah. And like, um, what's the word? Um, ruminate on my feelings. Like I just, I just, anyway, um, lack, (laughs) this one's bad. Lack of conscience and empathy. Very true for callous hard heartedness callous and hard-heartedness so like we said julie can be so loving whenever she's helpful and or not what whenever i'm healthy when you're healthy not helpful um and has the biggest heart of anyone that i know i'm pretty sure okay but she can also be very callous very unashamed of her own behavior because 
um, whenever she's unhealthy, she just does whatever she feels is good for her, whatever proves that she's in control, whatever (laughs) puts her in a stance of power. Okay. And that looks very different for a lot of people, but, um, like in comparison to me, who's just like a puddle of guilt anytime that I do anything wrong, um, Julie just doesn't experience that. And I have always not, I don't struggle with guilt. No. Um, I don't struggle with, um, looking bad in front of people. I don't, um, I don't feel that I have to live up to people's expectations. And you're not a people pleaser at all. I'm not a people pleaser. Um, so yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's not that you don't accept responsibility for your faults. I I think that that's very much have always accepted responsibility. Yeah. It's just, if I know that it's my fault. Yeah. It's just that you don't care. Like it doesn't weigh on you. Like it does other people. Yeah. Like me. Um, (laughs) so that's something that I have to, um, really watch myself on because that's not a good trait to have so (laughs) anyway episodes of rage violence and physical destructiveness um Uh, no julie is a little human and (laughs) kind of weak so i haven't seen a whole lot of violence out of her throughout our lives um yeah there's not much of that um plotting vengeance and retaliation against enemies (laughs) so i don't feel that i plot vengeance no i haven't seen that in um Not that you've had just, like, a whole lot of wrong done to you because, like I said, you escape before people hurt your feelings. Yeah, (laughs) so I, like, we talked about this earlier, like, um, high school was not good for me and a lot of it was self-inflicted, but um, I don't, I still, I feel like once I find things are my fault, once I know it, I accept responsibility. And you just move on. And I just move on. I don't feel that I dwell on it And... Like, if somebody was bullying you, you are not the kind of person that's going to, like, can't wait to come back at yeah, them and hurt you. I like, just, she just moves it's, on. To me, it's more of a power move to just move on. Yeah. Drop, like, them, <laughs> drop them, get them out of your life, don't think about it again, and yeah. you win. So. Yeah. Um, the others are really criminal behavior and sociopathy, so. Awesome. Um, I don't think we necessarily need to go into that. So, <laughs> um, that's kind of... Me in a nutshell. Uh, perfect. That's so gross. Um, so I have this thing. It's um stress responses, and I screenshotted the eight for you Ooh, just so we could talk about okay. that. Okay. So a type eight, whenever they are stressed out, if they are under functioning, so if you're like in a stressful, or no, if you're not handling the stress well, you're going to like retreat so you can process your feelings alone. You're gonna mm-hmm. get quiet. You're gonna feel really tired. And I feel like we see those, like, all the time in you. That's a pretty normal thing for you. Yeah, very much so. If you are over-functioning, so if you're trying too hard to manage your stress, you're going to, like, fight it and just stay busy to ignore. Mm. Um, It says, I don't always feel it in the moment, but I notice it later. You know what's interesting about that is, like, thinking back to college, I was not sleeping. I was having panic attacks every night. Mm -hmm. But I went all the time if I was if I could possibly leave my room I was hanging out with people nonstop. I was the last one to go to bed went to every social event every event um and I was always that way when I can do something I stay as busy as I can yeah go ahead over functioning still um you could hold your breath or feel pressure in your stomach um just like physical like tightness oh yeah (laughs) um and you start overthinking and it gives like a list of things that help too. So we'll end on a little redemptive I like note. That. Here's what you should yeah. do next time you stress out. 
You need some time alone to recharge and refocus. You need to pay attention to physical, mental, and emotional health. You need to sleep. That's a good one. (laughs) Um, Connect with others to feel more grounded. So don't just like recluse yourself. Um, Do things that make you happy. Think about the future and things that you're really excited about. So what you're looking forward to instead Mm -hmm. of like whatever is stressing you out right now. Yeah. Interesting. Just thought I'd share Um, those. And again, I think with all of the Enneagram, with all of the types, um, if you deal with mental illness, it can really change the way it looks. Yeah, for sure. Um, And so kind of take that into account um, because that definitely impacts my behaviors, obviously. So now, I guess that's a good uh, um, segue. Segue, thank you. Um, I have never struggled with mental illness before, thankfully. Um, I have had a very, very easy, comfortable, joy-filled life. Um, And I don't feel like many people can say that, so I don't say this to brag at all. I am so incredibly grateful. Yeah. Um, So what I will say is her personal, but she's she's had to deal with, the outside of her yeah being very stressful but Emily like you yourself don't have I I issues. yeah my mind <laughs> is a pretty healthy place yeah okay go ahead um and so even when I have um dealt with Julie's um mental illnesses or hard um, patches in life or whatever or different family things but ever my outlook my personal life like my mental state has stayed very calm very together very like um happy yeah <laughs> and that's such like a strange thing to say and such a big blessing no, like I said I love it so, so much it makes me so happy. so I don't take that for granted and I, this is not me bragging and saying my life has been so easy um but I'm just very grateful and I want to be honest about that and not think that um things have been hard on me whenever they really have not been yeah so like we said earlier, I just haven't seen myself in a very unhealthy or stressed out way like yeah. we have seen Julie. And so the way that you can like um, identify yourself in, as an as a certain Enneagram number by using the health and stress things has not been super helpful for me for me because my life is pretty much like always consistent. Like I yeah. haven't had major periods of stress. I haven't had major periods of just like crazy growth. It's just, I'm a pretty healthy, normal person. So uh, I don't have those extremes to rely on. With that being said, I wanted to say this earlier and I forgot. So I hope that people are still listening (laughs) because I wanted to read this. It's so helpful. We were talking about stress, um, stress patterns. Is that what it's called? Stress patterns and health patterns, like the, the different ways that they connect. Sure. Um, and this is just like an example and I'm going to use the nine one because it's what I happen to have on me, but they just like lay out the exact steps and it's just really helpful. So in Enneagram nine, they experience stress. So their first thing is to go to the typical nine coping mechanism. And the, this one specifically says, tell yourself that everything will work out just fine. Um, so that's like the <laughs> natural nine way to handle something. And then in extreme stress, the nine coping mechanism stops working. So you begin to look like an unhealthy six. Oh, this is a good It's guide. such a helpful guide. This is Michael Shahan, maybe. Is that is that how you say it? Michael oh Shahan God. underscore therapy, I think is what his tag is on Instagram. He has some really good stuff. Okay. And in unhealthy six... Um, they're going to start assessing everything that could go wrong, being suspicious of others, obsessing over the negative outcomes. And that leads to a nine 
being uncomfortable because they've spent their whole life remaining calm, cool, and collected. And so you could crank up your nineness and numb out the emotions and take a nap. That would be a natural nine response. Or you can do the hard thing and face the possibility of negative outcomes and begin to responsibly plan accordingly. So anyways, he just, he lays them out so well, so honestly. And then like, he has arrows that show the whole diagram really clearly. So go look those up um, to kind of understand stress and health a little bit more. Yeah, that's so helpful. That's a great source. Anyways, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Whenever we left um, our first Enneagram episode, I was like, okay, really, I have no idea which one I am. Could be a nine. I really do have some questions. I don't know if I'm exactly a three, like I, I always have thought I was. And so over this past like month and a half or two, I don't know how long it's been. I have read books. I've listened to podcasts. I've listened to the Sleeping at Last songs. (laughs) So Um, good. I've quizzed her. Yes. We've just, we've gone through a whole bunch of stuff. I've searched through the Instagram Enneagram. um, When I say we've been like getting into this, we have been digging into this. Yes. And which is exhausting for me because I don't love like self-analysis like this exactly. And I just keep digging for her and she gets annoyed. Yeah. So we've been taking it sections at a time and trying to process and I even put up a poll on my Instagram. <laughs> and that <laughs> was interesting. Um, because I had just listened to the Sleeping At Last podcast over a nine. And that was the moment that I was like, Psh, I've decided I'm a nine. And I'm done. What do you want? <laughs> to follow Jesus. Oh, oh that's funny. Okay. <laughs> Um, anyways, so I posted a poll and I was like, okay, I've already made up my mind, but I just wanted to see what other people thought. Yeah. And more people thought that I was a three than a nine, Mm -hmm. which is what I expected. Fully. Um, but it was really interesting to see who was saying it. Yeah. You can see the the responses of specific people, of course. So I think all actually of my Enneagram three friends that I know put me as an Enneagram three. And I was like, really interesting. And it was the people that knew me um, like the least or in very like specific environments, like maybe a coworker from the past or something mm. that put me as a nine. And That's I, and so I was like really questioning. I'm like, okay, so the people that don't know me as well, probably put me as a nine. I, oh, I just, I need to go back over the responses and see if I'm correct in this. But I remember I was just confused. I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. If all of these Enneagram threes know themselves and, and think, think that, that I three. am the same, then maybe I'm like wrong. Maybe I am. surprises me. Right? And so anyways, but then I had to remind myself, it's not about behaviors. Right. So I... Pe- guys, we said this in the first one, you can't guess people's types. No. And so it's fun, but... Right. And it was interesting for me, but I haven't like put a bunch of weight into it because other people cannot tell me what I am. (laughs) Anyways, Julie, do you want to talk about my, uh, my job? Yes. Okay. So (laughs) the reason that people could think that Emily is a three is because a, and I'm saying this, um, because I know her better than anyone. Okay. (laughs) Um, Emily's just good at things. Like she naturally has this ability to like, be um a good worker to be a good student but um she's never had this like determination and like drive drive or these like life goals like no and (laughs) she's just never had that like when she was 
in first grade, she decided she wanted to be the assistant to the CEO of a major corporation. Like, she was fine with just... I just want to... But even that kind of sounds like achieving... That sounds sounds like achievement. But Um, I don't want... Uh, I want to be in a certain environment. I love the environment of a business yeah. office and like have the hustle and bustle of that kind of stuff. But I don't want the responsibility. I don't want the praise. I don't want the like pressure of actually being number one. So what I'll say is uh, everybody thinks that Emily um, is an achiever because she's just good at things and she happens to achieve. I personally don't think that Emily's worth comes from accolades like Neither I do I right I don't I've never seen Emily as not seeing herself as worthy if she doesn't achieve these things she just happens to achieve things um and you you're a good worker you're a good student um but it's never been something that you have to like hustle for um, I don't like, know if I'm, I'm getting out my really thoughts. Honest here, I have never once in my life, I'm pretty sure, created a study guide. <laughs> it's um, true. I'll use a study guide if somebody sends one to me. I'll get lucky and like happen to have memorized the right things after like a three minute study session before the test starts. You're naturally good at tests. I uh, yeah, testing is just easy for me, so we can't use that as a basis for um. my. I, I, it's just interesting. I don't put in the work that a three normally puts in. Yeah. Um, and that's and so, kind of where I'm, where I'm at right now. And then also just thinking back to it, um, none of our family ever put the pressure of needing to succeed on no. any of us. And what's interesting is that, uh, like we said, a three thinks that their value comes from their achievements. I have never questioned my value before. No. And so I have been very happy living my three life these past couple years because I don't really identify or relate with any of the negative attributes of a three. <laughs> and this She's is where like, I'm like, I, no, I don't feel like I put on a mask. Uh, so I must, I mean, I think I'm just healthy. Like, yeah. Or like, um, no, I don't really think that I change my identity for other people. Um, I don't think that I struggle with considering that I have value. Um, I don't think that I really, and so it's like, I've been able to kind of like negate all the bad things of a three, which also stops me from growing, which is so interesting. And so I didn't ever really research a nine because I didn't think to, you know, like I was a three that made sense. I look like an achiever. Everybody thinks you're a three. (laughs) Yeah. I love working. Like I love staying busy like a three does, whatever, but I don't set goals. I don't really keep up with checklists. I don't have any like life dreams or big ambitions you come home and you're you're fine with relaxing i am totally content to stop working and watch tv for the rest of the night yeah or put off making a study guide because eh, whatever if i don't get a great uh, test grade then i don't like we just have to turn i think it might be decided (laughs) right now i really think so um oh what was i gonna say there was something that was so interesting um also, quickly, a, a nine goes to three in health, and it was yes. a healthy majority of the time. That's so it what makes I was gonna say. perfect sense. Like, okay, go ahead. What were you, were you gonna? No, there's, I could literally talk about this for like two hours trying to 
verbally process it. So maybe we'll just keep on recording and make like a part two or something because <laughs> I can't stop thinking of things that I want to talk about. Yeah. Um. But yes, that's a major point is that a nine goes to a three in health. And again, this is why I say growth and stress points are so helpful. Right. Because most of my life, like I've said, has been pretty healthy. And this is where I was trying to go earlier. And then I just stopped. Oh, do you, you can finish your thought. Okay. And so it would make sense that like when I am competing in something that I love in a healthy point in my life, that I'm going to look like a three and be kind of competitive or get mm-hmm. really excited that I accomplished my goal or whatever. But it also does not mean that that's like my core values. It's yeah. just like what I tend to gravitate towards whenever life is going okay and I don't have a lot of stress. Um, okay. Thinking back to childhood, you nobody in our family put pressure on Emily to be good at things. Nobody no. in our family put pressure on any of us kids to be yeah, good at things. Yeah, we were pretty calm. <laughs> we were pretty chill. You know, they wanted us to do well, obviously, but we were never pressured. Um, so Emily didn't have, <laughs> again, she didn't have that pressure on her. She just happened to be good in school. She was a valued student. Teachers loved her and praised her because she was sweet and kind and helped the other students all this stuff i just remember all the reports that were sent home that were like emily our class wouldn't run without emily and if all of every that. student looked like emily i would be the happiest teacher alive <laughs> so the thing is is that made everybody in our family proud of emily because she was receiving these great comments from from strangers from whoever um so her life naturally was attracting compliments and accolade I guess even from a young age so if Emily is a nine she's a people pleaser which she is yeah Um, a people pleaser not necessarily nine threes are people pleasers too kind of but um so if she sees that we're happy for Mm -hmm. her and proud of her when she receives these awards and these compliments then of course she's going to see that as okay, that makes my family happy and that makes people proud of me. And so this strengthens my relationships. This strengthens with my relationships. It's stopping anything from rocking the boat. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it. <laughs> I'm going to keep like, I'm cool with this. Mm-hmm. I, I'm cool to keep this up. Yeah. And so of course, as she grows up and she continues to do well, it changes nothing in her relationships. Shows, so she's comfortable. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so see, this is interesting because a nine's core fear is of loss and separation. And I was always like, oh, that sounds so dramatic. I think it's honestly true for me. And I've, okay, whenever I like was growing up and people would like say and, you know, whatever, um, what's your biggest fear? I'd be like disappointing people. Every <laughs> it was time. such an immediate response from the time that I was Every really young. Every single time. And so we've always kind of attributed that with the characteristics of a three, not wanting to like Disappoint- not like win look bad. Yeah. Yeah. Like not keeping up the right image. I don't know that it's as much image oriented as it is like I hate creating conflict. Like I hate oh my goodness this is a random one but like getting pulled over or getting involved with security guards cops anything I love what they do I hate being a subject of their job Mm -hmm. and I just hate creating some kind of uncomfortable situation where somebody is having to think about me and so I love flying under the radar where people don't have to stress about me where they don't have to worry about me we don't have to address any conflict I'm as low maintenance as I can possibly be because I don't want mm-hmm. to stir 
to stir the pot or yeah. rock the boat Thinking or anything like that. Thinking, too, about um, our childhood, which so much of this goes back to your childhood. It just does. Um, I'm the challenger. Yeah. So when we would get in trouble, when we would have these, like, lectures, whatever, I would be the one to speak out. Mm-hmm. And pre- if I thought something was unfair, I was going to say it. And I would stand up for well, Emily. why do you think that? Like, why yeah, am I doing that? <laughs> yeah. And Emily would just secretly be like julie please stop talking like (laughs) like i saw the way out of the conflict and i just was begging for it to end like i did not want to prolong the conflict any longer but she didn't say anything this was all just in her head yes and so i would just keep nodding i knew exactly how to like get through the the situation not by like ignoring it like i was still taking it all in and bawling my eyes out and i felt so guilty all the time so it's not that i wasn't listening to my parents or something but it was just i knew this these are the steps to resolve this conflict why can my siblings not see it and just like say the right things to get out like yeah. why are you prolonging this why are you making this more difficult for yourself like mm-hmm. do you not see that if you just nodded and smiled and cried then you could like get out of it and you don't have to think about it again <laughs> anyway. i was like no this isn't right <laughs> yeah this isn't right i'm fighting it um anyways so i, I it just it just makes sense. all makes sense <laughs> so would it be fun do you have something in mind right now to talk about um I have this list of what it's like to be a nine and what it's like to be a three. And we could go yeah. through those if you want. Yeah, we can. Okay. Um, hey, wait. So let's let's do this. So we've just got another 30 minutes almost. Oh, my goodness. Um, And it's going to stop recording. So how about let's kind of take a break here and we'll keep recording. And if we want to splice it together, we can. And we'll have a super long episode. Um, And if you want to continue listening, you can. Or maybe we'll cut it up and do our part two. Sounds good to me. So we're going to keep recording. And if we decide to keep this in the episode um, and you are enjoying, for some reason, <laughs> our complete chaos right now, yeah. um, then you can keep listening because it'll probably just get even more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but maybe we'll make it part two. Either way. Thanks for listening There's so going to be a little break here. So if you're going to leave us now, thanks for listening. That was very sweet of you. All Yay right. for Enneagram. Yay for Enneagram. Okay. Be back in a sec. Maybe. Otherwise, thanks for listening. See you next time.